Hi, this is Kara Miller, and welcome to our Get the Let Out calendar. Forty years ago, on October 28, 1979, the number one record, according to Billboard magazine, was Led Zeppelin's In Through the Outdoor, while all eight of the other albums in Led Zeppelin's back catalog were also in the top 200. This was an achievement no other group of music history had been able to do, and Led Zeppelin had already done it once with physical graffiti. Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, hung two gigantic wooden plaques on his office walls, with both Billboard Top 200 chart listings on full display. The chart listing from 1975 also included albums by Maggie Bell and The Pretty Things that were released on Led Zeppelin's label, Swan Song Records. On October 29, 1972, Led Zeppelin played an afternoon soundtrack in Montreux, Switzerland, that writer Chris Charlesworth rates his favorite moment ever with Led Zeppelin. Quote, I sat in the hall, virtually alone. Led Zeppelin played only early Elvis songs, loads of them, and it was a brilliant pastiche. Jimmy doing note-for-note note Scotty Moore, Bonzo tapping away on his snare like DJ Fontana, and JPJ on an electric stand-up bass, and Robert mimicking Elvis. Quote continues, the pleasure they took playing the songs that inspired them in their teens just shone out in the smiles on their faces, the fun they were having, and I wish the real Elvis was there to watch. Fifty years ago, on October 30th, 1969, Led Zeppelin played a show in Buffalo, New York that left a reviewer named Barry Raccoon impressed with all four musicians and wondering what he'd witnessed. When he got to mentioning John Bonham's Moby Dick drum solo, he suggested there ought to be a drum war between him and Ginger Baker, formerly of Cream and then playing in Blind Faith, and just recently deceased. We lost Ginger Baker earlier this month. In the documentary Beware Mr. Baker, the ex-Cream drummer made it clear what he thought of his contemporary in Led Zeppelin. Anybody could think that Bonham was anywhere near this kind of drummer I am. Just extraordinary. Bonham had technique, but he couldn't swing in second. 50 years ago, on October 31st, 1969, while Led Zeppelin II was released in the UK, the band spent Halloween in New England playing a pair of shows for the Gansett Tribal Rock Festival. The festival was originally slated to take place at the Rhode Island Auditorium in Providence, where local officials opposed the show because of rioting at the auditorium when Sly and the Family Stone had recently played there. When the show was redirected to an auditorium half the size in Springfield, Massachusetts, promoters decided on having Zeppelin play two shows. The blues singer Taj Mahal opened, having also done so another time earlier in the year when Zeppelin's debut album was being released. Fifty years ago, on November 1st, 1969, Joe Walsh's band, The James Gang, warmed up a crowd of 6,000 at the Onondaga War Memorial Auditorium in Syracuse, New York, ahead of Led Zeppelin's headlining set. The following day, in Toronto, Zeppelin mashed up Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You with lyrics from Ramble On. As Robert Plant soon said, quote, part of the beauty of today's group scene, that you can hear things being created at the time on stage and so little is prefabricated.
Fifty years ago, on November 4th, 1969, a Canadian garage psych band called the Copper Penny played in their hometown of Kitchener, Ontario, opening for Led Zeppelin. The show was announced with short notice, and since so many University of Waterloo students had already spent their concert money seeing Iron Butterfly, Zeppelin sold only 2,000 tickets. Those who shelled out the four or five dollars experienced what one reporter called the Zeppelinization of Kitchener. A writer for Waterloo student newspaper described their music as, quote, ludicrous insanity. Fifty years ago, November 5th, 1969, Led Zeppelin played two shows in Kansas City, Kansas, using rented amplifiers and a rented drum kit customized to John Bonham's specifications. Zeppelin's own gear was in a different city. John Bonham was not having his best night drumming. Meanwhile, on the same day, over in England, guitarist Jeff Beck wrecked a car and emerged with a fractured skull. The following year, Jeff's recovery sidelined all of his musical pursuits. Fifty years ago, on November 6, 1969, Led Zeppelin returned to San Francisco, the city where they think they officially broke out in America at the beginning of the year. And those shows were at Bill Graham's Fillmore West Auditorium. Now, Zeppelin's fourth tour culminated in Bill Graham promoting three nights at a bigger place, Winterland Ballroom. And it was standard for Bill Graham's productions to have multiple acts on the bill. And this time, one of them was Isaac Hayes. Two years later, when Isaac Hayes scored a hit with the theme from Shaft, Led Zeppelin referenced it live on at least three occasions. <laughs> Fifty years ago, on November 7, 1969, Led Zeppelin's single, Whole Lot of Love, was released in the U.S. while Zeppelin was playing a second night in San Francisco. They are not known to have played Whole Lot of Love live at all during the second half of 1969. It wouldn't become standard until early 1970. One song they were phasing out, but they played it once on the middle night in San Francisco, was this. After this tour, Led Zeppelin dropped Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You from their set and never restored it. However, Robert Plant has made up for it by singing it a lot over the past 25 years, including with Jimmy Page. Fifty years ago, on November 8, 1969, Led Zeppelin ended their fourth U.S. tour playing at the Winterland Ballroom. One of the supporting acts for all three nights was Rasan Roland Kirk, who, even though he was blind, played multiple instruments simultaneously. Here, he's covering Stevie Wonder. Also listed on the concert poster was the Bonzo Dog Band, a British musical comedy troupe that were scheduled to perform until they had problems with their work visas. In their place, promoter Bill Graham delivered another act, the band Wolf Gang. He was their manager and, in fact, the group 
was named for him. His birth name from Germany was Wolf Gordonica. This is Carol Miller. Thanks for getting the let out. Check back next week for another Get the Let Out Calendar podcast.